0: sign up today for your one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash
1: tech all lowercase that's shopify.com slash tech hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter
0: Mm -hmm. Anyway, so welcome to or whatever movies we've in hybrid.
1: (laughs) No, no, let me me bring this back. Let me segue this. So we were talking about The Wizard of Oz, right? And that movie was a seminal movie, which we totally agree. And um, what was it, right? It was about the changing. You saw it happen on screen, a changing of an era, a changing of technologies, ushering out the old and ushering in the new, going from black and white to color, technicolor. And it was a big deal. And like, that is what's happening now. And there's evidence of it all over the world. And so for this episode of Tokens Tidbits, we are going to talk about the global adoption of Web3 technologies. We're going to start with, um, where are we going to start? We're going to start with the metaverse. And then we're going to move into um, currencies, right? Central bank digital currencies, to be exact. And we'll wrap it up with NFTs.
0: Jeff gets the Segway Award of the Year. Thank you, Jeff. And so happy to be here to discuss these kind of high level trend, global trend topics on tokens tidbits. What's happening in the metaverse? Do people like it or do they hate it?
1: Well, funny you should ask because there is an article that we were just reading. It is titled what Here's is it a titled? list of countries that love the metaverse the most. Right. Uh, and this is actually a pretty cool article. It's very short. It was published on uh, Cointelegraph, The Future of Money. Um, but the article itself, like, there's all kinds of cool links that you can click into to dive further, and there's a ton of great infographics. So we'll post the links to those in the comments section, where wherever you're seeing this token's tidbits. And if you want to check it out further, you can go there. But it's, it's funny because what they did, the methodology behind it was Twitter, right? We're, we're just analyzing Twitter because those tweets are public. And uh, based on sentiment, they could parse out what countries are digging the metaverse and what countries are not digging it so much. Um, it, before we dive into the data, what do we mean by metaverse? Metaverse. Well,
0: you can also listen back to a previous Tokens episode with Matt Kowalzik, advisor to Tokens, who talked a lot about what he calls the Ecoverse and super apps. So basically, we have some apps on our phone, and there are some, like Uber, for example, that you don't realize are actually super apps. They have they can bring you cars, they can bring you food, they can now bring you groceries, and they are the beginnings, they're laying the foundation for what becomes the, the metaverse, which is, <clears throat> I guess, in an ecoverse sense, right, it's connecting of different siloed super app experiences. But I think more conventionally, the metaverse, it was originally coined by um, in the novel Snow Crash, a very oddly um, prescient novel. Um, is is a virtual environment where we live and conduct our daily lives, right? Where digital versions or virtual versions, avatars represent us in the metaverse, and we, we basically live and interact there like we would in real life. The, probably the best and most well-known example is Ready Player One, mm. right? That's a, a look at what the metaverse could become and how we'll spend time in it. And so... The metaverse is evolving, right? And tokens is a part of that. And many different super apps and different blockchain based platforms are a part of that. But it's not necessarily one place right now. That makes sense. It's a collection of places that may or may not converge to become a place where, and that's really the, the ticket, right? Was when you have. When you have virtual payment and you have virtual environment and you have avatars and you have digital assets that are ownable, then you could start seeing how these can all converge into one place where it all is cohesive and makes sense. Right. But we're mm-hmm. a long way off from that. And maybe if Mark Zuckerberg has his way,
1: uh, we'll be living in meta as metaverse. Right, <laughs> right. That would be his preference. Um, yeah, but that's a great summary. Uh, so thank you for that. It, it's it's true. Like we're already spending a lot of time in quote unquote metaverses, and our kids probably spend more time there than we spend there. Any time that you're in real life has a real life in a digital environment, it's kind of a metaverse. Like the Roblox one is an easy one to throw out there. My kids spend a lot of time in the Roblox metaverse. They have developed personalities and characters and clothing and all sorts of stuff. And and they have a a life in there and care about it. And so as a concept, the metaverse as a concept, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's or otherwise, This company pulled out a bunch of data from Twitter and stack ranked who likes it the most, who talks the best about it in public on Twitter, which is a metaverse, uh, and who hates it the most. Let's start with the US, United States of America, the good old US of A, right? Bleeding edge of everything or, or tries to be. Where do you think we rank? in terms of the metaverse, liking or disliking. First of all, do you think we're on the like side or the dislike side? Is this for a a, a fake interactive studio audience or for me? If I were like, uh, what's her name, Miss Rachel, you know, I'm pausing for the audience to answer. That's right. We hate it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised to see that that the United States ranks number four on the top five countries that
1: hate the metaverse the most. What gives, USA? You like your real life so much you're afraid to step into the good old metaverse? Uh, I was very surprised about this. Now, do you think this is an actual, like, hate for the concept of the metaverse? Or do you think that this is just like American, you know, we're we're sort of, we we go onto the internet and sort of let our worst sides out just as like a venting mechanism, I think, you know, like a troll phenomenon, you know, we're not exactly always our best selves on Twitter. What do you think, Iris?
0: I don't think that this represents the United States as a whole. I think it represents the most vocal of those in the United States, and those who are vocal are dissenting or at least expressing some negative sentiment about the about, about the metaverse. Why do I think that?
1: <clears throat>
0: well, but I'm not but I'm not a very reliable judge of this, right? Because I'm living in a very web 3-centric tech forward, Bubble right now, right? Head, like head down, nose to the grindstone, nose to the grindstone, launching this app, and uh, I I might not be a good judge of what's general sentiment.
1: Right, it's probably like just a general malaise, uh, people getting tired of it, right? I mean, we've been we've actually been talking about the metaverse for a while now, and Americans are kind of like, so what? Show it to me, right? Um, Kind of like, yeah, 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 I'm getting sick of hearing about it. How is it really affecting me? Uh, That's probably, in my estimation, what is accounting for this. Because I'm trying to think, like, what else could there be as far as negative sentiment about the concept of the metaverse?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it in the context of number one most hating of the metaverse country, Ireland... Here we go. <laughs> what, what, what would be the difference between Irish sentiment and, and United States United States sentiment? I'm not asking you to speculate on that. I just think it it's an interesting
1: first It is country. it is interesting, but I want to speculate. Like w- w- isn't Ireland also like a hub for tech developers and and tech talent? Like, don't a lot of U.S. based tech companies look for offshore work specifically in Ireland and have like big offices in Ireland? Can you think of any? Is there one major obvious one that I'm missing? Apple. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of tech. Yeah, there's a lot of tech based out of Ireland. I'm just thinking maybe they're vocal, maybe they're vocal on Twitter, and uh, maybe they're sick of hearing and talking about the metaverse just a theory why else would ireland be at the top of the list of negative sentiment about the metaverse maybe it's just awesome maybe IRL in ireland is like so awesome that the the threat of anything not IRL is uh, is just not something they want to hear that about. was definitely my thought on new
0: zealand which is basically paradise pristine yeah. <laughs> do you know that new zealand has zero poisonous predators no there, is New that Ze- true? Yeah, compared to its um, Aussie neighbor, which has the most yeah does, poisonous that's what I'm predators mm. of any no continent. Sense. Yeah, New, New Zealand is has like zero dangerous poisonous animals, and they've got it's glaciers it. and pristine, <laughs> pristine woods. Queensland is like a is like a a, a garden city utopia. That's what I was yeah. thinking about
1: New Zealand. New Zealand doesn't need the metaverse. Right. New Zealand is a metaverse, right? <laughs> exactly. New Zealand is a little universe and only Peter Jackson like really understands it, right? Right. I all, mean, from-
0: <clears throat> so we do talk – so one of the – we didn't really talk about the tone of the metaverse. Like we talked like technologically what it means. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who aspire who, – who view the metaverse as a utopia, right, where – people have equal access and people are not judged by the their appearances yeah. um, where they have where they where it's a really level playing field for people to engage in non-discriminatory ways and um I'm wondering if a lot of the hateful hateful comments just comes from a certain level of cynicism oh for sure right that that this that it won't be this utopian uh virtual paradise that that mm-hmm. some people proclaim the metaverse will be it's also interesting to note that the countries that hate in the metaverse the most hate them at very re- at relatively low percentages whereas the countries that love the metaverse love it at higher percentages we're talking about the te- like teens percentages versus like over 50 percent
1: in Vietnam. Right. So that's 56.8% positive sentiment in the tweets coming out of Vietnam and the Philippines is right behind it with 56.2 on the metaverse. They they are digging it. They're digging it. And <laughs> the,
0: the um, third place corollary to New Zealand on love it the most is Ukraine, which mm-hmm. is understandably going through a very difficult time right now I don't I think that these tweets were analyzed over the course of 2022 mm-hmm. um so maybe they're not as reflective of the current state but it's a it's a really really tough time and maybe there's some
1: escapism could be uh that I like what you said uh, your your idea of like creating your own, world and your your persona within a world and your own destiny like having a lot more control um over yeah that world level playing fields. they're all pretty tech savvy countries vietnam philippines ukraine um who knows okay people in the philippines are most interested in the metaverse with 2421 google searches per 1000 people so like every person has searched the metaverse in some way shape or form like two and a half times in the year 2022 that's crazy that is crazy that's a lot of people there's there
0: are a lot of um there's a lot of miners uh blockchain miners um in some of these um southeast asian company, uh, countries as well so i think there's a really there's a really high interest where people are playing blockchain based games and earning real world money and profiting from it in a big way. It really is changing the lives of some of some people.
1: Yeah. I guess I'm not as surprised uh, by the countries at the top of the, I like the metaverse idea um, list, but I'm more surprised about the detractors and that the, the US is among them. Guess, okay, uh, among states in the United States, which state do you think is most pro-metaverse? mm. This also caught me by surprise. What's the first answer that would pop into your head? California. California, right? No. California is probably not even in the top five. Uh, I can go and look that up. But it's Florida. Florida. I never would have thought Florida, I mean, you know, you think of Florida, you think of like, well, there's like the whole Miami beach scene, but then there's also like, that's where you go to like retire, right? Everybody on the East coast, like loves to retire in Florida. So you think of it as more of like an aging population and, you know, metaverse and web three, what's that? Um, but yeah, Florida residents are most keen to explore the metaverse with 670 Google searches per 1000 people in 2022.
0: Wow. Yeah, I yeah. mean, definitely a tech center in its own right, for sure.
1: So when do you think, like, really, we're going to start to live more and more of our lives in these digital incarnations, like metaverses or ecoverses?
0: Um, well, I would say the moment we don't have to wear something on our face or... like. Yeah. This or, as soon as it's as easy as putting on glasses,
1: uh-huh. I
0: think we're all in, uh, especially us um exennials and after, right? I think we're gonna yeah. we're gonna need some real compelling and easy ways to enter the metaverse. But I think our Gen Alpha counterparts, our kids, they're already in it, right? Mm-hmm. their their screen time is metaverse time. And they are developing virtual relationships that may or may not cross over into in real life. And they are collecting digital assets that represent them virtually and that they'll take with them throughout their experience in the metaverse. I
1: think that's all happening right now. Yeah, I totally agree. And this is adoption. It was backed by research that's cited in this article uh, from Gartner. They predict that 25% of people. We'll spend at least an hour per day in the metaverse by twenty twenty six. Within three years, I believe Crazy. it. It's I believe happening. It. Yeah. I mean,
0: and, and like, like I was saying, I think that once we have, um, once we have tech that's, once we have wearable tech, or we don't need to wear anything at all, right? It'll become really easy. Once we, once everyone is there with a critical mass of people there then that will be easy and then also you need the supporting infrastructure right you need you need the hardware you need a universally adopted software and you need universally adopted digital currency and i think that there are real moves to doing that in a super official sanctioned way like in our next article
1: (laughs) yeah so (laughs) this one is about the bank of england what have they done iris
0: well, they are. They have
1: assembled a task
0: force for the central bank for an, for an officially sanctioned central bank digital currency. So basically, the digital pound.
1: Yeah, the digital pound, it, it, and this is kind of a big deal, um, right? Because this is not just. Um, the Bank of England and uh, the UK Treasury—they're uh, like actually one of the last to limp along. So, out of the 195-ish countries in the world, 114 of them are exploring or are in active development of a digital currency, and that represents like 95% of the world's GDP. Right, uh, that collective economy. Um, and now, with with the Bank of England, um, you know. At, saying out loud that this is that they're in pursuit of this uh, that represents all of the countries in the D- G7 economies now pursuing some form of a centralized digital currency
0: that's real and that's um that's where when you have some form of uh regulation or semi-centralization of an otherwise decentralized cur- decentralized currency then you introduce a lot of safety and you pave the way for mass adoption.
1: That's right. Yeah, uh, there are actually 11 countries in the world that have already launched digital currencies, central bank digital currencies. Uh, yeah, and China is planning in uh, 2023, I believe, is when China is going to release its uh, digital currency uh, electronic payment, that what we call the DCEP. Uh, and that will you know, definitely pave the way for mass adoption of this going out to hundreds of millions of people with access to it in, in and around China.
0: So, what do you so, think? What do you think it's like in the room of that task
1: force? I think it's like, uh, well, first of all, I don't know. I have no clue. So this is all hundred percent speculation. But I would start from a place of a historical perspective. Um, let's not reinvent the wheel. It's just a new tool that we need to roll out, and now we need to come up with, you know, use what we know from the past and the way in which we've released in supported currencies in the past and apply those rules to this, this new digital form of it and try not to overcomplicate it. And there's probably a voice of reason or two in the room reminding everybody that um, this is nothing new.
0: Yeah, and this is this kind of validates my a, a very generalized theory I have about how new technologies are additive. Um, you know, yes, they... Yes, um you know iTunes revolutionized the music industry but some people still buy CDs uh i i listen to audiobooks and i read books on my on my tablets um but i'm taking the girls to a bookstore tonight to pick up a couple books
1: each as a treat um
0: what are you the, making the, a case for
1: now that the like the 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 dollars not going anywhere
0: i mean like that's the dollar as I, we know it yeah, I think the first quote we have in the Bank of England article, the Bank of England and the United Kingdom's Treasury are working on a digital asset article is cash, while cash is here to stay, a digital pound issued and backed by the Bank of England could be a new way to pay that is trusted, accessible and easy to use. So, we're talking about something that's additive and right. it's not More replacing options. exactly, it's not replacing yeah. cash. It's not we're not replacing CDs well we kind of did. We're not replacing books. Uh we are Adding a new option, and the key, I think, the key um, word, I think, in that sentence is is accessible, yep. right? Again, the opportunity in in blockchain, as it continues to revolutionize every aspect of our lives, is to make things more accessible, and um, and really level that playing field,
1: right? Uh, and in a world that is increasingly Electronic, online, call it what you will, right? Metaverses ahead of us. It it it's uh, it's obvious that you're gonna. It it would be a better thing to have a digital form of currency to help make transacting in that environment a lot easier.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll see. There, according to this article, we're not going to see any digital currency coming out of England before 2025. So it's there's it's going to be a little bit of time in coming. But I think these trends, uh, these trends toward uh, these global trends toward digital currencies, um, are just indicative of the of the coming metaverse and of additional regulation that's going to come into the industry.
1: It's cool how all of this, you know, as these technologies come more and more into the mainstream, you know, we are seeing a lot more of this, and we'll see a lot more of it until the sort of the dust settles. And uh, law is established and then it, and it becomes a new normal, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're approaching – I'm I'm approaching this, I assume you are too. We're approaching yeah. this as uh, – in a way that we're, we're – I don't think we're that different from our listeners, right? We're figuring this out mm. as it evolves. We're f- picking our way through this jungle um, right. that is – uh, messy and going through a big transition and still finding itself in so many ways. Like, Mm -hmm. um, these are, you know, just our personal opinions about these, these advents and global trends around blockchain, blockchain technology. But of course, like the way that you understand it all is just understanding the basics. That's right.
1: Get educated. And that's why tokens is here to help with that journey. You know, it can be so daunting, Uh, when it's new technology and everything seems to be moving at breakneck pace. And, you know, it's normal to be a little bit apprehensive, a little fearful about it. But I love the way you go into it, Iris, with a mindset of uh, historically, these things have been additive. Uh, You know, they have brought more value, more opportunity. They have uh, leveled playing fields and bring access to more people. So going into it with that foundation, that foundational attitude is a great way to dip your toe into the Web3 Waters
0: agreed agreed and i um and there were, there's a great resource that just came out recently too that we wanted to cover on this tidbits episode
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: Called what are NFTs, tech pros explain non-fungible tokens on none other than good housekeeping. That is a housekeeping. Right. <laughs> that is a great way to just start understanding and developing your own point of view on these new
1: technologies. So, um go ahead so why uh, uh, an nft uh, uh, what is web 3 and what is nft article in good housekeeping that's interesting yeah it is it's it's
0: not um you know the same audiences as nft now or coin telegraph some of these other articles that we've that we've highlighted today you know good good housekeeping we're talking about everyday families that are curious Mm -hmm. to know about these new technologies and can start Lear, you know, reading and learning about them, right? They lay out in the simplest of terms what an NFT is. Uh, how do you how one makes one? How one purchases one? What What are some examples of NFTs? I was happy to see that Good Housekeeping um, noted uh, tokens partnership with Mattel alongside Nike's acquisition of Artifact and cool. Um, you know the the American tennis pro. I think it, um, the ATP, I think it's American Tennis Professionals Organization, had their own tennis-themed NFTs, right? This is I think we're in great company there. But they also talk about just the different use cases. How do you buy them? And they give that kind of bottom line encouragement. Just go out there, try it. If you find something that you value and that you love, then great. Your 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 purchase or your win or your acquisition brings instant and inherent value to you regardless of whether or not your nft will is an asset or a financial is a financialized asset that will someday make you a profit right it's kind of a little bit beside the point
1: right so for our novice listeners um quickly again tell me what is an nft what does that stand for <laughs> non-fungible
0: token kind of a funky term right it simply yeah. means that it's an ownable digital asset that's unique and that's registered on a database, a decentralized database, otherwise known as blockchain. And it's and in our perspective, it's a digital collectible that is uniquely and verifiable,
1: verifiably ownable. Verifiably ownable. Yeah. the The technology that underpins the sort of unites all these things we've been talking about in Web three is the blockchain, right? This um, immutable ledger where data is replicated through a, a chain of of different servers that all know what the other one says. And you can follow changes on it throughout time. And the non-fungible portion of the NFT um, is basically calling attention to that uniqueness of whatever the thing is. And not only is it unique, but you can prove it. And it's that proof is not owned by a single institution. It is um, spread out <laughs> right across a wide network. Uh, so it's it decentralized uh, on, using blockchain technology.
0: Yeah, and so I think if you're curious to check or if you're curious to get a one-on-one and that's where you are in your Web3 journey, then check out the link in the description
1: for this podcast. Check out our other Tidbits podcast. You can you go to Tokens.com, start your journey there. There's a little video that can tell you about who Tokens is, what we're doing. And you can also join the wait list right now if you want to be uh, one of the first people to get access to the Tokens app when it launches very, very soon uh, for iOS or for Android. So that's Tokens.com, spelled T-O-E-K-E-N-Z. So come on over, dip your toe into the Web3 waters with us.
0: And, you know, we're figuring out the format for these podcasts, just like we're navigating the the waters of Web3. So if you have suggestions, feedback or articles that you'd like to see us cover at Tokens Tidbits, then reach out to us at Tokens.com or at tokens or at tokens nft depending on where you where you use social media so thank you so much for listening to this episode of tokens tidbits
1: i am iris and i'm here with i'm jeff and we'll see you guys next time hey if you want to read any of the articles that we reviewed in this episode please look in the comments section wherever you're seeing this right now
0: and thanks for listening
1: Trick ass.